Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott. Welcome to um, episode three of our little podcast, our little view of the world. I am joined again by Kat. Hello. Um, welcome back. If you've listened, hope you've listened to the first two. If not, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah, so, the, so a few things to talk about today. We're happening in the road car world, things happening in the motorsport world. It's starting to come out of hibernation again a little bit, isn't it, the motorsport world? Yeah, it's um, yeah, getting going, which is nice. It, hopefully, um, yeah, it will tie in with um, Boris's announcement and you yeah. know, things will start returning and we can back all crack to on. some form of... I was going to say normal, but I don't think it'll be normal, but yeah. Yes. It's uh, certainly, yeah, it's nice in our industry, isn't it, to be back up and... It is. Or feel like it's starting to be up and running a bit again. Uh, yeah, it is, it is. Um, so without anything else, you know, we're going to live in the past briefly. Um, so just talking about our, our sort of past a little bit. I'm going to start by saying to Kat, um, of all the races you've ever done, are there any in particular that stand out to you? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, but probably not for good reasons. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not sure. Doesn't necessarily need to be a good reason. Um, Are we talking about ones where you were sat in the middle of the road watching the traffic come at you? Yeah, well, that, yeah, I suppose mm, there's probably two that stand out, one good and one bad. Um, so the the bad one was 2007, um, Silverstone, the opening round of the year, and uh, race two. There were, it was something crazy, like over 40 cars on the grid. Because Silverstone, you can have that. Um, oh, yeah, like massive amount. Um, and I was in the new class um, and qualified, what was it, fifth. And then was dicing for third. And, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> made a bit of a mistake and uh, ended up the wrong way round at one of the corners. And, yeah, it was very compact grid. And I, unfortunately, got hit at the front which actually snapped the front of the chassis off and then hit the side and hit the back so what um, car were you in a jedi so oh, people like... probably don't really know what they are basically a single seater bike engine car so yeah. it behaves very much like a radical that kind of thing yeah but it's like a single seat radical almost yeah um so yeah not so the thing to have a big shunt in really well i mean i was lucky that it was happened to be obviously all of the same car i think if it had been you know, if I'd been hit by a carbon tub or something like that, it probably would have been game over. So I was very lucky in a, a tubular-framed car to be hit by things that were the same. Um, and, OK, uh, it did all fall apart, but in some ways that dispersed quite a lot of the energy. Yeah, um, I suppose you were so, hit by another Jedi as well, weren't you? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I was hit by three in the end. <laughs> but, oh, nice. nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was very, very lucky. But So, yeah, that, anyway, so that stands out um but on a more positive note probably getting chance to do f3 uh at spa against the belgium f3 championship as well um that was great that was really good to do because um, i think somewhere like spa it just suits high aero sort yeah. of cars really. there's a very large so... trophy sat over there so presumably did all right <laughs> Yeah, so I came third actually. So well, I could I could have done better. How big was <laughs> the trophy fair. for winning then? So, that only just fits yeah, there. I know. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, it was great. It was a really, really great event and suited me because, um, being honest, uh, 
I struggled, and I hate to admit this, but struggled a little bit physically in the F3 car on very tight, twisty circuits. For strength? Mm, yeah, not... Yeah, yeah, kind of neck strength, forearm strength a little bit. Nothing... I think you can, as a female, certainly train enough to be strong enough. Um, I just think I'm naturally very narrow, aren't I? Petite frame. Yes. Um, so, and they had a lot of aero, and I think... Um, yeah, it's spa suited me because even though it's very fast, there's a lot of areas where you're going straight. So I could almost sort of let go of the wheel a bit and relax in between yeah. the corners. So that made a big difference. But yeah, I mean, that was great. I think just because spa's great anyway, great oh, absolutely against all the Belgians. Best circuit it was, in Europe. You know, it was just a great event to do. A massive grid again. The only rolling start I've ever done in cars uh, was that. Oh, okay. Um, which was a bit weird. But um, yeah, I've done I a mean, couple of rolling starts. A lot yeah. less nerve wracking. Um, yeah. I mean, in carts it was always rolling starts, but um, yeah, in cars it's always been standing starts. So it's less nerve wracking, I think, rolling start. You don't I have race... time to sort of sit there and worry about it. Yeah, I race a thing called a Euro car, which mm. is a bit like a, a the UK's answer to NASCAR at the time. Okay. But I got asked to do it by a friend of mine because he got asked to go and race a TBR Tuscan. Yeah. Should have been the other way around, really. But there you go. Mm. And that was a rolling start. But I had no clue what I was doing because I'd never driven anything like that before. I spun it. And I remember because I'd already raced Formula Fords for years, and when I spun this thing, it seemed to go forever. Yeah, so it swapped ends and just carried on for about two miles down the road <laughs> before it stopped. Um, so that was all a bit of a, that was all, it was a very steep learning curve that weekend. Yeah. The back axle fell off it in the end, I seem to remember. Uh, I remember coming in, we'd, I'd crossed the line um, and slowed down to the first corner. And there was a massive bang, and I assumed I'd been hit, but it was the back axle coming off. <laughs> So you blame unfortunately, it on else. unfortunately, they repaired it for the second race. <laughs> Did you only do one race in that? Yeah, well, one weekend. Yeah. So I think yeah, it was two okay. races. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. is that is that a race that stands out to you then? Is, Not really. No. Oh, well, okay. I suppose it does in some ways, but the no, the one that was stood out really. I think the, the day I drove the best, I think really was a Formula Four race in two thousand six, where it was one of those days where it just seemed easy, mm. and the times were there, and I was making I, I qualified in the wet. Because I didn't test very often, mm. um, I'd spent the day before doing passenger rides in a Cayman, funnily enough. Mm. So I was quite up to speed, um, qualified in the wet, and then in the race it just seemed easy, mm. and I just waved my way through the field, and then eventually hit somebody. Uh. <laughs> so it was a really good race up until the, up the last lap. I think I finished third at the end, but um, yeah. yeah. But that was the kind of the race that that, went, that was today. But the, the yeah the Eurocar race was a so it was a guy called Paul Sheard who's a big name in MX5s, right. and his stepson. Uh, is a guy called Christian Dick who mm-hmm. runs Speedworks. Mm-hmm. So Christian was trying to give me help and advice. I remember, I remember, because I'm, I'm driving along, and I remember him seeing him stood on the pit wall talking to somebody else. I thought, oh, he's helping me then. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can't blame him. <laughs> so what about cars then? So what about all the cars you've driven? Do any of those stand out? What race cars? Or... Either road cars, race cars. Oh, uh... <laughs> uh, gosh, that's hard. Um... I think with... There's no point in me asking easy questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just don't know what to say. Um, well, race car-wise, I'm going to be really boring and probably say the F3 car, really. Um, yeah. I know that's a really boring answer, but just because, you know, that's as close as I've got to a Formula 1 car. Um, and they're just awesome bits of kit, really, and unbelievably quick. Um, 
mainly because of the era and the fact they're so light and you know and the way you have to drive yeah exactly so for me miniature formula one car yeah absolutely so for me um yeah it would probably have to be that if it was a road car god yeah i don't know that's a really really hard one because there are so many you know i could yeah would like to to pick let's say um so yeah i don't honestly i don't think i could pick a road car no, I, I know what you mean. I mean, my I think the car that stands out to me, I did uh, a very short test in a thing called a Pro Sport 3000, which looked like a Group C car mm. back in the... I can remember that would mid-90s, I suppose. And that was brilliant. I loved that car. I did 10 laps of the old Snetterton in it, mm. uh, and I just wanted to race one. And I took somebody along with me who was going to sponsor me. Mm. Uh, but as these things, it never really came to anything. But I think that would be the... I keep looking for them for sale, but they don't come up very often. Uh, Not that I can afford one. You know. Yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> never know. Yeah, 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 keep working on it. But I think that's the car that stands out for me. That or the 65 911. I enjoy driving that. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice car. Yeah. Nice car. Yeah, I, I just think road cars, there's so many possibilities. And you're looking yeah. at it from a different angle, whereas a race car for me whatever's quick. And I remember be being very way, impressed by the um, Mercedes. Uh, AMG GT mm. you know, when we first drove yeah, one of those I do, yeah. the, the front end on it was amazing Yeah, you know, I, I so think sharp at the front light on the nose as in feedback yeah the, the steering Sorry, was the a bit light the feedback was light yeah, rather well that was than a good car a light nose yeah oh that absolutely. would almost take me out of a 911 yeah it wouldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> no it was a very to be honest out of all the competitors we drove that day it was definitely the closest mm. um and it, it just had a really nice finish to it. It was, felt really quite oh, flush inside. Thing, yeah. Sounded good, you know, all of like that. Batmobile. But <laughs> it just didn't quite have... It, it went around the track unbelievably quickly and was really agile, but I kind of felt like it was a bit numb. So like yeah. I couldn't really feel... It's like I was going around, but couldn't quite feel everything like you would do. No, but I do remember in being a 911 in a GT car or something, you know. Um, well, or any of the 911s, to be fair. Because the opposite of that was the one I wanted to be impressed with, which was the MP4 12C McLaren. Yeah. I remember the first time I drove that, it was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure what this. It seemed. It didn't seem very together, but I suppose it was a very early car. I like. I think it's possibly like, based on work for McLaren, and I like. I do like McLarens a lot. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I think they're unbelievably it's the, it's quick. The they look Ferrari. good. You know, they're they're great handling. The only only thing for me is build quality. Yeah. You know, build quality and actually, depending on which model, sometimes the seating position as well. You got to get the right spec. Felt you? too high in it. Yeah, I know it's a really low car, but you want to really be sat really low in it and I felt yeah. like with some of the seat options that's not possible but but hey that you know may have changed a bit now that was yes. a few years ago so um but yeah we're probably uh digressing a bit here yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 so moving on to motorsport then so in some ways a quiet week um in, in one particular way a very noisy week because it was the Daytona 500 yeah um yeah. which was a proper NASCAR fest. Yeah. There was nobody there, which seemed a bit strange when you. Yeah, well, you of course, these ovals and things are normally crammed with. Yes. Spectators and um, you know, uh, I actually haven't been to a NASCAR race, but from what everybody tells me that has, you know, it's an amazing event to go to. Yes. Whether you like motorsport or not, actually going there and spectating and that kind of noise atmosphere. The way the Americans do it, everything. Um, well, a good friend of ours, quite... Nick Arnold, he went to this last year. 
Mm. I remember him saying that they break it into four, so they do like a, they do like, whatever it is, you know, 125 miles. That's one race. Yeah. Keep, don't stop, but keep going. Yeah. So whoever's leading at the end of 125 miles, yeah, gets points and everything else. So there's like almost four races in one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, otherwise they cruise round to the end. It's like anything though, um, where there's a huge amount of technique involved but of course from the outside and still and to start watching it in detail it's hard to appreciate it isn't it because it's so easy for people to say oh they're just going around in circles and it's you can sort of get why people say that but actually when you watch on board and you see what they're actually doing well firstly how dangerous it is it's probably one of the more old school kind oh, of yeah. formats it goes of wrong motorsport. so quickly yeah uh, and it is i think one of the more dangerous formulas yeah um but actually, there is a huge amount of technique involved oh, to yeah. get it you right. Can see and the timing of what they do. You yeah. could see that at the end of this one, couldn't you? Yeah. If you watch the onboard, how they're off the throttle, off the throttle, because they want to time their run just yeah, right. Yeah, it's all about slipstreaming, isn't right. it? And getting yeah, the drag the and all that. Amazing. And yeah, yeah. Well, it's like suddenly you've got twice the power sometimes, yeah. you know, even though you obviously haven't. But <laughs> no, no. And you've yeah, no was... idea who's going to win it. And there's some stats about there's like 75% of all Daytona 500s. Whoever's led onto the last lap hasn't won it or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of those, isn't it? Do you want to be in the lead on the yeah. last lap? No. Or is somebody just going to drive <laughs> past you and you'll be 20th or something? No. You know? Of course, what so. happened? Typical Daytona. Um, yeah, it ended fashion. with a bit of a bang. That's exactly what happened this week. So the guy who won it was in third place going onto the last lap. Mm. Um, whereupon he pushed the second place man into the leader and got him out of his way. Well, yeah, because one and two were actually teammates, teammates as well, yeah. weren't they? And uh, from one angle, it looked like. It looked like they just had their own sort of tangler. It which did caused, when you first see it. Yeah, but actually, it, you're right. Third place. Um, but McDowell and, had pushed Kozlowski into into Lugano, and yeah, that everybody went off. Yeah, and of course, there's just this. It's so close throughout the entire race, you know, that there is no room for error. So of course, the moment there is an error, you know, it is pretty catastrophic, mm. which it was. So, but I was quite kind of surprised that third place man then went on. To win it, didn't yeah, they don't seem, to be, they didn't that, seem they? to be too bothered. I mean, it wasn't intentional, you can see that. No, no, it wasn't intentional, yeah, Robin's racing. It, um, but it's also it's so close, isn't it? And if you get suddenly a little bit more of a draft, or you know, I can imagine watching on board. I'd say to anybody, actually, watch on board, go on YouTube and just watch a bit. Um, who were we watching on we, board? Bubba um, Wallace, we were watching. Oh, yeah, he's the only so he's, black driver in it, isn't yeah. He? So he, he's quite he's good, yeah. He's um, yeah, because he he was in the he timed his run to try and group, get the lead, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, but yeah, watch you know. on board and you'll really see what it what kind of they see, I yes. suppose, you know. Um, it's a lot more intimidating when you ride on board, yes, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Because it all kicks off like 300 yards in front, yeah. And that's it. You, you think, well, I'm going to have a shunt now. Yeah, well, because also <laughs> you can't, as you see, if they suddenly lift, yeah, they aggressively lift, yeah. then the car goes anyway, doesn't yeah. it? Oversteers and you're off into the wall. And yeah. So yeah, it was very, very eventful. But yeah, I know the events happen now, but it's definitely worth going on YouTube and just seeing the last sort of five minutes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's entertaining. It's fabulous. You don't want to watch the whole thing. <laughs> and I think with NASCAR, it's a bit like IndyCar, where if people don't, they're always a bit certainly in this part of the world yeah. don't really appreciate the ovals and of course yeah. when you watch them, especially the bigger ovals mm. the, the the racing's amazing because yeah. I know with IndyCar the shorter ovals the racing tends not to be that great mm. um, can't think where the short one they go to where, where it's, there's nothing really happens where mm. on, at Indy mm. it's edge of your seat for three hours yeah, you know? yeah. and the, like I say I think 
till you watch something it's so easy just to think well they're going flat out in circles you know yeah. to the point of this and I, yeah I, I kind of get that perspective but when you actually do tune in and watch it and go on board and listen to what they're saying and listen to the commentators you realise just like any sport mm. actually how difficult it is and how competitive it is and it's just like anything really yes. isn't it you know but then you can get a lot more into it very quickly yeah. um, you, which I certainly did with IndyCar actually um, yeah and now I would love to go and see a NASCAR race because oh, uh, yeah. I'm just told it's one of the best to go to for yes. atmosphere and that kind of thing well yeah. that and IndyCar I suppose like the Indy 500 well, you could or something. do both yeah, so and then go take a sprint car meeting while you're there. <laughs> yeah. If only, hey. Well, you never know. No, no. Um, so moving on to road cars, then. There's only really one thing worth talking about road cars, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I know what is, you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. Drum roll. The new GT3. Yeah. So uh, if anybody hasn't worked out, we're fairly big Porsche fans. I mean, we're, <laughs> but to be honest, we both love cars and driving and all sorts of manufacturers but we've both done quite a lot with Porsche so they're quite close to our hearts because yeah, we've are, had yeah. mainly a lot of exposure with them really haven't we mm. so um or to them so yeah certainly makes a difference but yeah as always Porsche know how to do it don't they so the 992 yes. GT3 yeah. um so my worry with this car with the 992 normal car it's a fabulous car and it's a typical Porsche but obviously they they don't the, the legislation as it is um, forces car manufacturers down certain routes so things like the, the particulate filters on petrol cars things yes. like that yeah. um, so on a 992 the sound is that little bit more muted again mm-hmm. um, you know it, it's not dumbed down anyway because it's a Porsche but you can see with other car manufacturers that don't have the uh, resources that Porsche have you know you, you drive stuff and it's suddenly a bit duller than the yeah. previous one you know yeah. and my fear was that the GT3 was going to be like that but by all accounts, it absolutely isn't. They've... No. Well, I think one thing with the GT cars is they're trying to keep them very separate, aren't they, anyway? And yes. do what they can. Obviously, they still have to meet all regulations. That's right. But um, do everything they, they can um, to keep those cars pure, kind of thoroughbred racehorses, really. Mm. Um, and, and they seem to achieve that every time. And, you know, the thing with the te- technology is amazing, but it can take over a bit with some of these sort of cars. And they've managed to really strike the balance with the the GT3, where you've got this very manual, mechanical, exciting, pretty much race car for the yes. road. But also you've got this nice technology and comforts with it, which we haven't had in the past. And no. they've really managed to merge both together and have things like rear axle steering and all sorts of goodies that we haven't had that long really but the dna um, of it goes right you know, the 65 car i drove it, the dna of the gt3 goes right the way back to that car you know? yeah well they're very they're, that's one thing we've bought that very good at is um keeping to their roots mm. you know there's a lot of manufacturers that have done radical changes over the years and they all start to sort of merge into one uh Porsche, rightly or wrongly and everybody has their own opinions and views on it but you know very much keep to their roots with yes, the look do. and you know what they're there for um and 911 is the iconic car, and especially the GT cars, really. Yeah, the GT3s. As, the, as yeah. times evolved, I think um, the GT cars are even more important to the brand and the image of the brand. So, yeah, it, uh, from what I've seen and the, the big reveal and and everything, it's, um, yeah, it's, what, well, the engine's still the same as it was, isn't it? So naturally aspirated yeah. flat four six, litre, yeah. four litre, yeah. So it's just over, what, 500 brake horsepower now. Yeah isn't it so what's that 10 brake more than the previous model something like that yeah basically it's fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's no it's a bit bigger but it's no heavier 
but the big thing, yeah, so they're all wide-bodied now, just like the, the 992 yeah. in general, which I like anyway. I like the wide-bodied. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's more kind of um, aerodynamically. Um, and well, they've worked down... quite closely with the motorsport department, haven't they? Yeah, apparently? yeah. So so, on the aerodynamics. Yeah, so they've got, so the wing and the diffuser you can manually change, and there is something called a performance setting, which then will make it, um, well, give it more downforce. Um, overall, but apparently that is strictly a kind of track setting, not a road setting. Yeah, so it obviously that. makes it more, more <laughs> <Yeah>. edgy, <Yeah. laughs> let's say. Probably not a good idea on the road. Well, I mean, I'm waiting for the touring anyway. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no, I, I, I definitely would want the whole thing. <laughs> not have the well, would you go manual things. or would you go DDK? Oh, that's a good point. Well, because of course they're, they're, they're offering both, which yeah, I, no I think option. is. You just choose which one you want. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I honestly that's think, to a T, isn't it? but that's how it should be, you know, with these performance cars. I know more and more people are going auto and PDK, and and I totally get why. But but there's still people out there that want a manual um, for whatever reason. Yes. They want a manual, and yeah, for me, I would have a manual. And it's not that I love PDK, and actually on the track, um, when we're doing our stuff and passengerising all that, I actually prefer having a PDK because uh, it unlocks the car. Because yeah, it's yeah, it, you Plus, can focus like... on other things even more yes. in some way. It's, can't you? Um, you can. But well, you wouldn't want a manual turbo, would you? No, but uh, but the thing is, on the road, for me anyway, this is just my personal opinion. But it, you can't go quickly. Um, so it, it just, as I've said before, it just uh, um, gives you another element of the car, more involvement, more to time and try and perfect and just all that kind of stuff. So yeah. so for me, it would be a manual, but I love that they've offered both options. I just yes. think that's really, really great. Totally, right from the off. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to have one of those in our, um, in mm-hmm. our collection. Winning glory, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, which brings point. me on to the next thing, which is that Sebastian Vettel's unloading some of his. Yeah, so he's got most of his Ferraris, isn't it? It seems like it. So Do you think he, that's because he's left Ferrari? I don't know. He's, and he's some sort of starting again? He's, he's, whether he's going to have now a big collection of Astons, who knows? Yeah. But these cars, you know, the Ferraris he had from News, which which were his LaFerrari and his mm. uh, TDF, which I'll come to in a second, he um, he specced them with absolutely everything. Apparently they're, they're highly specced, even by Ferrari standards, is how it's been described. Oh, really? Okay. They've even got Vettel written on the seats, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder as well, though, is it um, a bit of a PR thing? Because he, he's obviously got... He's got quite heavily involved with Aston, hasn't he? As well as driving for yes. them. I mean, he's got heavily invested with them. Now, is it is it not the right look to be then driving around in Maybe. Ferraris? Maybe. You know? I mean, presumably he's got a big... He's such a private man, nobody really knows. Yeah. But presumably he's got a, quite a big collection. But like the, the Tour de France... Uh, six twelve, you know, it just that that that'd be the keeper for me. Mm, but he's get rid of everything else, keep that. But he's selling that. Is that's he? for sale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom so, Hartley Junior's dealing with it all. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Who knows? It might just be he wants a fresh start, or you know, he's got such a big collection and is happy to move some on. Yeah, because he's got the. Because center... he won't be driving them all, so. You know. No, he's got Mansell's ninety two winning Williams. Yeah. And he's got Senna's Monaco winning. Yeah. McLaren. So he's got some cool stuff still in his. Oh, absolutely. But stuff like that is iconic and for different reasons. Yeah. Isn't it? You I'd know. have kept the TDF. So... If I, we win the lottery, I'm going to put an offer in. <laughs> <laughs> it's only three quarter of a million quid, so, you know, it's not. Are they, are they all he's red? He's giving it away. He not, he's no, not it's painted. bright yellow. Oh, really? Yeah, it's bright yellow. He's so not painted it white like um, Chris the, Evans or something. No, it's, it's the 20 grand yellow paint he's got, though. Yeah. Which is like yeah. triple the whatever it is. Yeah. It's not the standard. Better have yellow. gold in it for that. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. But there Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
So finishing off then, we will touch on a little bit of driving. So we've been out and attempted to film one of our little driving gems after this, this afternoon. Not gone quite according to plan because it kept raining, so we may well do that again, but we'll see. Yes. But we decided to talk this week about cornering, didn't we? Mm. Um, so you'll see it's a bit of a theme with us at Veloci that, that we talk about the, 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 the crossover between circuit driving and road driving. Um, and the stuff that, that keeps a car happy when you're cornering is exactly the same wherever you are. So that's why we thought we would talk about it in a road environment, just with a bit more of a, of a track mindset, I suppose, really. Not in terms of speed, but in terms of you're not, it's about how you balance the car and how you keep the car happy. Yeah, because whether you're road or track, you know, ultimately you want to, it's going to sound a bit cheesy saying this, but be at one with the car, don't you? You, know, it, you do. And anybody listening to this is bound to be into their cars and driving and, is you know. Is so... straight across the wrong podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Um, but if they've got to the end of it, then hopefully. You're you stuck with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's important to try and, I, I guess, perfect your driving as much as possible whatever environment you're in really yes and okay cornering you know lines some of this stuff might sound really basic but we never stop learning and you can always there's always room for improvement isn't there um and cars ultimately are getting bigger they're getting heavier there's more weight to them um and i think in some ways we're getting more lazy because of what cars can do for us now but actually we're still the ones in control of it and it's so important to you know cover this kind of stuff isn't it it is it is i mean things like vision you know vision plays a massive role in both environments mm-hmm. you know on, on the track it sets you up and it allows your subconscious to work so mm-hmm. you look through the corner and you know your subconscious then drives the car almost yes you can sit almost sit above yourself and watch what you're doing and analyze it but it's your, it's your subconscious that still does the work and you, it's the vision that makes that effective mm-hmm. the same's on the road but obviously on the road you're also trying to um, plan for hazards and, and get yourself create space for yourself to deal with problems that are occurring yeah. to you well for both really you're trying to create space but in different yeah. ways aren't you it's a you? massively important element and it's something that I mean we know this with training if if I say somebody you know where 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 are you looking quite often people already know what they should say so quite quickly most people say oh I'm looking really far ahead yes because you know, they've heard it but actually are you you know, and I, I know, well, with the sim racing I've been doing more recently, um, I've been really bad at not looking ahead on that. And I, at the moment, I'm trying to work out why, because on the road and track, I always look really far ahead. Yeah. But I, for whatever reason, my vision is dropping a lot, whether I'm just not like, comfortable with it yet. And, but whatever. Because you're still thinking in, in the car almost. It's not yeah, become subconscious. Yeah, so for, for whatever reason. Um, so it's so easy to almost not realise you're doing it until somebody else points it out. Um so it's always worth checking, you know, where you're looking and, and, and forcing yourself to be glimpsing right up into the distance. Yeah, but not staring there. You've got no. to keep moving your eyes around. Well, that's you? the other thing. I think people get confused because they think, oh, gosh, I've got to look all the way up there all the time. But actually, no, you, you're just glimpsing up there. You, you know what's coming then, but you're still where you're at and you're still focused on that immediate moment But at that point. But, yeah, your vision is glimpsing up into the distance and, and back again, really. Um, and it's just something that, pretty much all drivers I sit with and I'm sure you're the same most people can improve on that yeah, straight yeah, away yeah, you know and completely. it's something quite simple yes uh, but makes it I always 
to say to people it's kind of the backbone of everything you do if the vision isn't there no. it's very hard to get everything else timed and right so yes because if you're reacting to things and things are taking you by surprise vision is at fault uh, absolutely and quite often that is the case with most people when oh. they go like barreling into a corner Road or, or they start breaking in the middle of the corner it could, you know quite often it's actually down to vision yeah you know why all these other things are then happening so yeah it's little things that you know don't sound like very exciting i know but but makes quite a big difference yeah, we can too. make them exciting it's fine <laughs> well um, yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. um so yeah and then of course lines and you know there's there's so much we can go into yeah we'll um, come back to those yeah yeah at a, a later date i suppose yeah because yeah. otherwise we can end up offloading we could be here for another hour yeah yeah <laughs> probably best we don't do that but yeah, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what have we got next week coming up? So I think we've got the next round of the World Rally Championship yep. in Finland, which mm -hmm. I'm sure used to be called the Thousand Lakes, but it's not, unless that's another rally, I don't know, but it's the, it's the Rally Finland okay. next, which was a warm-up event last week, which I think Ogier won by about 10 minutes. <laughs> um, so, so we'll see what happens there. I bet glad he's back. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, so I don't know whether they were all in it, because obviously we want Elvin Evans to be yeah. winning it, don't we? Yeah. Um, so that that's coming up. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on in the road car world. There's there's a new electric um, mini, I think, been announced. Okay. No, no, not electric mini, a, a junky but works electric mini. Yeah, okay, cool. It's been announced, so we'll have a little yeah. look at that. Well, see if we can find anyway, out more about so it. there'll be so be, lots going on. Yeah, yeah. The, next week again, we're just trying to really cover a little bit on, you know, motorsport, road, and um, you know, dri driving tips as well that can help whether it's road or track and what you're into really. But if there's anything you want us to cover or go into or any questions, of course, feel free to get in touch and we'll happily get back to you. Yeah, just drop us a line. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you very much for listening to us. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Impey and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.